Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. No one joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 295. It's just me with some of your selections, requests for the show. More of which later. But for now, we open the show with what may be a familiar f- refrain to many of you, all the way back from 1987. The Final Fantasy Overworld theme from the original by Nobuo Uematsu, and it was requested by Blue All Day. Kanarince.com slash forum is the place to go to make your requests. Blue All Day said, arguably the most important bit of music in any Final Fantasy game or any RPG is the overworld or map theme. In between battles and visiting towns, you will hear the same music over and over and over and over for hours on end. Luckily, they knocked it out of the park on their first try. This theme is upbeat, energetic and builds just enough that it's pushing you along to go a little further toward that distant cave and gain just one more level. Thanks for that. We covered all the numbered Final Fantasy games. Well, kinda, because obviously 10-2 and 13-2 and whatever else, they also have numbers. More numbers, in fact. Numerals and numbers. But... As we've mentioned before, our Leah is very keen, among some of the others on the team, to go back and uh, mop up those extra Final Fantasy titles. But we did cover 1 to 15, but not including the MMOs 11 and 14 on our sister podcast, Kane and Rince, our deep dive review show. And the original Final Fantasy landed back in Kane and Rince issue number 297. All the tracks today come from games that we've covered on the Cane and Rinse podcast. I think more likely is that cross-pollination comes, people come to Sound of Play from Cane and Rinse. However, I'm sure there are some of you VGM fans who listen to this podcast who haven't heard our other show. So do check it out. It's on the website caneandrinse.com. You can get it from the usual podcast places, Apple and Android alike, RSS feeds, and it's even on Spotify. Or you can sign up for the Patreon and get them early and extended oftentimes for just $2 a month. Little plug. Why not? Back to free entertainment with our second pick. Luckily, despite Nintendo's big crackdown and purge 
we can still find their music <laughs> to share with you for free, at least until the lawyers tell us not to do it anymore. I believe you're allowed to play more than 30 seconds if you review a track. And I think that's where we kind of exist as a music review show. I love this piece of music that's coming up. It makes me incredibly nostalgic and almost brings me to tears, in fact. And I know that Darren Gargett of this parish feels the same way, as does request maker Retro Clarence, former guest of the show from the forum, says uh, simply because it exists and the world is a better place for it. Indeed, this is Koji Kondo's Dire Dire Docks. It doesn't just play in Dire Dire Docks, that, le that one level. It's also Jolly Roger Bay, isn't it? It's the sort of water theme for that game. I have no problem with them using the same piece of music for more than one level in uh, Super Mario 64. 
I'm sure they had restrictions on cartridge size, even back in the day. We covered most of the mainline Mario games, although there's still sort of some to mop up. And obviously, since we did that series, more have been released. But we landed on Super Mario 64 all the way back in Kane and Rince issue 117. One thing you won't know, and it's now kind of in the dim and distant past, but there was a brief period of time where I was actually working with some young film uh, students at the Brighton Tech and they were looking to put an hour oh, was it an hour long it was a it was a truncated version of that show and they were actually going to make an animation of it and they actually got to a reasonably advanced stage of storyboarding and prep and uh, and all that and it was it was a pretty exciting project but in the end they all ran out of time and they were no longer students there by the time they got it finished so they probably bit off a lot more than they could chew but it was uh, it was an ambitious thing. It would have been exciting. Uh, it would have been, I guess, we would have put it out there and seen what the reaction was. And if it had done well enough, we we potentially could have done some more. But that's all all in the past now. Uh, doubt that's going to come up again. There you go. There's a load of these little funny little quirky projects and spin-offs that uh, that have happened over the years. Some of which have come to something, and many of which have come to nothing, but have still been worthwhile and fun to do. Another recent Super Mario 64 situation for me was me and my partner getting our niece, her, uh, my partner's sister's daughter. We got uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars for Christmas, which is now at the time of you hearing this. Uh, well, it, it might be its last day on sale. Uh, if you listen to this podcast as it comes out, it'll be the 31st of March. It's the last day you can buy Super Mario 3D All-Stars, although apparently codes that you buy for the game will still be honoured, as you'd expect, if you paid for them. And I'm sure there are still a few physical copies out there somewhere, but you will no longer be able to just log onto the eShop and, and buy it. We bought, uh, yeah, we bought the, the triple pack. I understand there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of sort of reservations about the uh, the rather perfunctory nature of the compilation of Super Mario 64, Sunshine and uh, Galaxy 1, no Galaxy 2 for some reason, and not massive amounts of enhancements made to the other games either. But I am I still think it's a, it's a pretty nice compilation of games, despite shortcomings. But buying it for our niece and, uh, and her excitedly tucking into it on Christmas Day, only to immediately reject Super Mario 64 because the graphics were too terrible. <laughs> one, one time, uh, as you'll hear us say on that, Kane and Rince podcast from some years ago now, getting Super Mario 64 home back in 1997 for us in PAL, Europe, UK. Uh, I'd never seen anything so incredible in all my life. And now here we are some years later, quite a few years later, and it looks too bad for children to play <laughs> in some cases. What are you going to do? There it is. Next up, uh, actually, this track isn't technically from a game that we've covered on the show, but we covered a different game in the series. Over to Ashman86, who says, When my friends and I would get together back in 2003, we tended to play Xbox games primarily with a healthy dose of PC and GameCube thrown into the mix. The PS2, however, was primarily a single-player machine for me. Tenchu Wrath of Heaven became an unlikely exception to that, however, when a buddy of mine and I discovered the game's cooperative boss rush mode and spent an entire Saturday afternoon honing our skills until we could defeat all of them. 
the game unceremoniously kicked us into the titles to the title screen immediately after the final boss fell, which made the whole thing feel a little underwhelming. But I still remember that afternoon fondly. This theme, which accompanies the final boss, was always one of my favourite tracks from the game. And this is by Noriyuki Asakura, Last Decisive Battle, Big Tenrai. K2 LLCs, I guess just K2s, Tenshu Wrath of Heaven, released by Activision, or in Japan, FromSoft, interestingly. That came out on the PS2, the original Xbox, and there was a PSP version as well, back in the early 2000s. We covered the original PS1 game, Tenchu Stealth Assassins, on Kano Rinse Podcast, issue 308, and I think it's fair to say that the panel there had fond memories and found that that game in particular, even more than many of those 
older titles that we cover had aged somewhat, but still fascinating to go back and see how and why these things perhaps don't quite live up to the memory. Very different kind of game next. Moving through the years, a few years further forward in time to 2011, and Acute Platformer, requested by Jobo Bonobo from our forum. Jobo Bonobo says the level where this ominous track plays, first plays, really makes this one of the most memorable tunes in Rayman Origins. You are frolicking in sunlit waters with happy squeaky voices singing like in typical water levels in the game, but then you swim deeper and the voices fade away. It gets quieter and this haunting little piece plays instead. The abyss perfectly captures the deep sea, mysterious, harsh and more than a little creepy. It's a great throwback to the more atmospheric soundtrack of Rayman 2 and a nice example of the musical versatility present in this series. So yeah, Christophe Eral and sometimes Billy Martin from Rayman Origins with Ocean World Abyss Suspense. show on Rayman Origins was a long way back in the history of Kane and Rince in the first half a year in fact so 2012 at some point 
issue 20 of the podcast. Bear in mind, newer listeners, we have an explicit tag back in those days. It's quite possible that some of the tougher bits of Rayman Oranges, oranges as we sometimes call it, we share that joke with Eurogamer. Don't know who came up with it first. Not a big deal. <laughs> some of the levels in that game, some of the extra content, pretty tough. And uh, you may have heard a sweary, sweary or two coming out from uh, from the the assembled panel on that show. I'd be I'd be sort of curious to go back myself, but I almost don't want to listen to it. Almost ten years ago, Rayman Origins is a game, of course, that uh, came to loads and loads of formats and has been handed out by Ubisoft on on their platforms. And I think it's been given away as game a game with gold and various other sort of maybe PS Plus too. So it's quite likely you'll find it in your library and I'd still recommend giving it a look and a play for some superior platforming. Change of tone again as we jump forward to 2013. And we featured music from this game before, but not this piece because it's not on the OST. However, there are ways and means. Uh, a relatively long and moody piece. We have Dom's Beard to thank for this selection, who says, I went back to this straight after completing part two. And the title music, which is also used in various places, is a hauntingly ambient piece and is the last of us to me.
That's the music you hear on the main menu, the title screen, if the title's even there. You know, the the one with the window, the dusty old, musty old window. And of course, the composer and player there, I suspect, is Gustavo Santolaya from The Last of Us. PS3 and PS4, of course, the remastered version. I think it even had a little tweaky update when the PS5 came out to reduce any loading times in the game to almost zero if you're playing it on a PS5. Uh, and apparently, that I think they're even sped up on a, on, on, uh, on a PS4 as well. So uh, if you haven't played that for a while, might be a good time to go back. We covered The Last of Us quite a while ago, no surprise, on the Cane and Rinse podcast, issue 144. Next up is a request from Mononoke. From the forum. This is from a 2014 game. Mononoke says, despite playing about 30 hours of Destiny and enjoying it at the time, on reflection it's not a game I would recommend to any but the grinding driven MMO nuts out there and the FPS fans looking to see what all the fuss was about. Read not much. Nonetheless, Marty O'Donnell's brilliant score transcends the game itself, following on from his absolutely stellar work on the Halo franchise and much missed, I might add. The Last Array represents the best of the action-oriented pieces on the soundtrack for me, having a really great build-up of bombast as the intensity of the battle escalates and a great melody is introduced that really instills a sense of heroism in the listener or the player.
the Destiny soundtrack by Marty or Martin O'Donnell, along with Michael Salvatore and C. Paul Johnson. But I suspect that is the piece we just heard. The Last Array is very much a O'Donnell joint, has the ring of Halo about it. I think, am I right in thinking O'Donnell has now parted ways with Bungie? I don't always keep up with all these things. That does sound right to me. Um, and so I don't, yeah, I don't actually know what what he's working on currently. Uh, perhaps it was partially the thought of just only working on pieces of music for Destiny Forever. <laughs> I'm not sure. I also played about, uh, well, more than 30, I think, probably closer to 50 hours of Destiny. And as Mononoke said, enjoyed it at the time. But I found the sort of multiple systems and currencies and vendors all rather i know a lot for a lot of people that stuff is the hook but for me i found it rather off-putting and alienating and so drifted away and then and i know like our editor jay who's putting this show together for you right now uh he played probably about 10 times as much as me if not more and was rather put out to say the least by the 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 strategy of uh, basically shutting off content to early adopters those who weren't willing to su- sort of continue ponying up for extra content dlc updates and so on and so forth uh if you're in it you're in it and i think yeah you love it and there's a lot to enjoy there the shooting is certainly high quality high tier stuff as you'd expect from bungie but everything else that goes with it well Suffice to say, even though Destiny 2 is, I have it available on all platforms and is free to play, I've never even bothered to install it, which says something. I'm not ex- sure exactly what, but I think it's can't really be bothered to play it. A shame, but there you go. I remember our friends on the computer game show raving about uh, Destiny 2 Vanilla when it first came out. And I know the game has been through a lot of updates and so on since then. Uh, and I'm sure there is, as I say, much to get your teeth into and enjoy, especially with a group of friends. But uh, but there we go. I think it's uh, like so many big games these days. It's, it's either something you're into or you're not. But the good thing about this show and music in general is you don't even have to play the game to enjoy the music and get a lot out of it. A piece like that, The Last Array, that could easily back any fantastic piece of uh, space opera sci-fi. We covered Destiny. I wasn't involved because I didn't play it enough. Uh, back in Kane Rince issue 284. Another big game in every sense for the next one. And no words to accompany this request. But suffice to say, again, on the Kane and Rince podcast, we covered both the prequel to this game and it itself, the main game, Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes in issue 383 and The Phantom Pain. In 393, took us a couple of months to play through the game. Part of, uh, was that last year? (laughs) I can no longer, time no longer has any meaning. I know everyone says this. Time has become very confusing in the pandemic world and brain fog as well, which is uh, is a common thing. I was talking to our very own Darren Gargett on our Cana Rinse Slack those of you who don't know slack's just a chatting application 
we use it to organize ourselves and keep in touch. And uh, Darren was you know, feeling kind of fuzzy headed and like he was losing the plot a bit. And uh, I dug out some articles. There's a, there's a lot of it around at the moment is the point. And uh, there are there are very real and legitimate reasons why anyone might be feeling less than optimal, less than at their sharpest. I've certainly struggled with remembering things and uh, getting all my game knowledge in order. Normally used to feel so ordered and, and logical and encyclopedic in some ways, but I've been really struggling for vocabulary and and uh, nuggets of facts and things like that in the last year or two. Partly age, perhaps. I am heading for 50, but I think it's also just, it's a very strange and demanding time for everybody. So yeah, what I'm saying is look after yourself and don't beat yourself up about it. In the meantime, though, perhaps relax and enjoy this moody piece of music from Ludwig for sale from Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain and it's called V Has Come Too.
from six years ago now, a game so old it actually was uh, developed for and released on last last gen systems, PS3 and 360. Uh, again, it's a game that has definitely been given away and found its way onto games with gold and PS Plus and uh, Game Pass. I think in the uh, it, it has been on Game Pass, but isn't currently. I would I think that's right. Uh, so again, you may have a copy. You may feel positively disposed towards it, or you may not. The game that is arguably still not finished and never will be. Kojima's magnum opus, possibly, at least until Death Stranding, which we're covering on the show later this year. But again, it doesn't even matter if you haven't played the game or you got bored of it after 25 minutes. Just enjoy some excellent music with us here on Sound of Play. This is a good pick. We have from 2015 again. This is from KSub01000, who simply says, I think it would be interesting to listen to the original Yakuza 0 main theme. That's right. So before Yakuza 0 became Yakuza 0, it was uh, Ryuga Gotoku 0 Chikai no Basho in Japan all the way back in 2015. And again, it, uh, it was also on the last last gen machines, PS3. That store is now closing. You won't even be able to buy that, download that version anymore. You can still get the disc, of course, if you have original hardware. But yeah, uh, for whatever reason, the original version has a different opening theme tune with uh, Japanese vocals and lyrics, and it's called Bubble. Ya 
Hard to get precise credits for that game. And in fact, all the Yakuza games, the musical credits go to Hidenori Shoji and all Sega sound team, which makes me think that literally everyone has some input into every piece of music. But I suspect actually that may, I mean, that piece we've just heard may not even be by Hidenori Shoji. Sometimes these songs are actually given to different composers or producers or name vocalists it could be a could even be a licensed piece i genuinely don't know uh, but maybe it, let we've, we're crediting it crediting it to the uh, the sega sound team at rio gotoku studio anyway we covered yakuza 0 with a view to continuing the series back in kane and rinse issue number 409 and we've since done Kiwami or Yakuza 1 in the case of uh, Amikil who insisted on playing the PS2 original which is great gives us a chance to compare and contrast the changes and we have a Yakuza Kiwami 2 show or Yakuza 2 depending on what people decide to play later this year I'm up and running with that and uh, look forward to getting properly stuck back in before the time comes so thank you for listening to this Sound of Play. We have one more track for you. Don't go anywhere just yet. Actually, we sort of have two more tracks. You're here. Uh, thank you once again to everyone in the community, everyone for listening. Thank you to Jay for editing. And it's actually that time where I really want to implore you, folks, one, to make some requests. Head over to canarince.com slash forum, find the Sound of Play folder, and get some tunes in there. There is so much amazing game music around all the time and still tons and tons of older stuff that we've never played. Just an infinite resource of amazing music of all genres uh, across the history of gaming. 
even if we have played a track before, like if it was 200 shows or whatever ago, it, it's fine. We'll play it again. If you've got a reason that you want us to play it, then tell us what that is. But we want your requests. We're down to, I think, a pile of about 50, if that now. And obviously that would last us a while and they come in drip by drip. But I want to hear your requests. I want to see them. And I, we use it as a way of for us to discover exciting new game music and composers as well. There must be pieces in games you've played recently or in the past that have a special meaning for you. Head over to the forum and let us know. Or you could just follow us on Twitter and tell us there. Follow us at Kane and Rince. I also want to employ you folks, listeners, if you enjoy this show, let us know. Feedback. Come to the forum and tell us. Or again on Twitter. Uh, your support is gratefully appreciated. Gratefully? Gratefully appreciated. And gratefully. Uh, things like liking and hearting and subscribing on download services and telling your friends and tweeting about us, retweeting when we announce a show, all that stuff. We really don't push it a lot, but it would really help us both understand that the people who do listen to this show are still getting a lot out of it. And also it would help us spread the word and maybe get some more people listening uh, and hopefully keep the show on trucking on going from strength to strength. Much appreciated. Our last piece, we had uh, two podcasts for this game and we have two pieces of music from it. It is The Mighty The Witcher 3. We are still in 2015. And it was Bloody Initiate who requested these pieces. Bloody Initiate says, This music stood out to me right after I completed the Fike Island quest. No spoilers, but you should not skip that side quest. There are a few moments in the game where the horror of Velen is perfectly communicated to the player, and these moments are the ones that made the game for me. Between White Orchard and Velen, though, assuming you're paying attention, the developers com have combined the real historical horror of medieval times with the fantasy horror of The Witcher. The track by itself is good, it sounds sort of distantly sorrowful to me. However, the first moment it really hit me was in an empty place that was better off empty compared to what it housed before all because of the tragic cruelty of the world that the game is set in. To me, the night version sounds more like a warning, while the day version is more contemplative. So, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Editor J again. And we'll leave you for this sound of play with a medley of both the Vellum pieces Spitfire Bluff from the day and from the night. I was going to remind myself of how to pronounce the composer's names. name. Martin's the easy part. Shiblovitz is maybe close-ish, but I did know before. I'm so sorry, especially to our Polish listeners. But this is, of course, from The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Check out those podcasts, The Wild Hunt in issue 292 and the Hearts of Stone and Blood of Wine issue in 300. Two cracking podcasts for you there. Seek them out. Enjoy this wonderful piece of music or pieces. And we'll see you next time on Sound of Play. <laughs> <laughs>